Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to the Monday check-in for Monday, November 29th, 2021. Uh, the, is this, because we had a whole long conversation last time about when the year starts and when the year ends. Uh, so this, I think, would be the first Monday check-in in the new liturgical year. Yes. So that's fun. Happy New Year. <laughs> we exist again. Uh, that's nice. It's a good feeling. I guess we existed. We're timely again. Indeed. Yes. We were timeless for a little while, which some people are like, oh, boy, that'd be great to be timeless. I don't know. Mm. I'm not so sure. I, I don't mind being. I like the particularity. Of being tied to a particular time and place. It's good to have a footing, I suppose. There's very little of what I say that's actually timeless wisdom. Most of it is pretty grounded in a particular time and place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this uh, timely thing, uh, grounded in a particular time and place, uh, that you're currently listening to, or that people, you're not, well, you're kind of listening to it, Greg, but you're also participating when we're doing this. So. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have to. You could just, you know, sit there, nod your head, hop in occasionally. It'd be fine. Uh, but those who are listening to it, uh, this is the Monday check in. And what we do is uh, we're going to take a look at uh, some of the scripture that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday at First Press Hastings. Have a little bit of a chat about, you know, what are the themes we see in it? What questions does it raise? What do we think that this might mean for us in this particular time and place? And uh, have a little mini Bible study related to it. Then we switch gears. We talk a little bit about life in the church. First Press Hastings, what's going on? What folks may want to be aware of and how they can uh, join in uh, on the life of faith, I suppose. So uh, with those things said and done. Greg, would you like to open us with a word of prayer? I would. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use our handy dandy Advent devotional guide, The Work of Hope, the devotional guide 2021 for First Presbyterian Church of Hastings. Uh, these were sent to every household in the church. If you did not get one and you want one, let us know. We can mail you a copy. You can stop by the church and pick up a copy. We'll also send you an electronic copy if you'd like. Um, but we're pretty excited about this, and I'm going to read the prayer that was written by our seminarian, Sarah Babcock, uh, for yesterday, Sunday, November 28th. So let's open with a word of prayer. God of ordinary moments and extraordinary love, guide our hearts towards those around us this season. Help us to listen with new ears and see with new eyes the people closest to us those who may feel distant, and everyone in between. As we enter a season too often marked with high expectations, grant us grace for ourselves and for others. Bring us comfort in these dark days and aid us in living in the way your son, Jesus, Emmanuel, taught us. Amen. So that is a prayer that uh, ties into the scripture from this past Sunday, from yesterday, correct? That we correct. Uh, had from, during the worship service. Thessalonians 3, I believe. And the theme for this past Sunday was boundless 
love boundless love because paul writes that uh may the lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all so we talked about boundless love nice uh and the theme for this upcoming sunday uh we think is going to be boundless joy boundless joy joy okay very nice uh and we're gonna uh this is also partly uh, how I review for the week ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, and we're going to read uh, this passage from Philippians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 on Sunday morning. And it goes uh, something like this. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the, by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that the day so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest, harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. There ends that reading. Um, not my best reading of uh, Paul's writings, but also Paul doesn't write in a reading-friendly way. <laughs> At least the trans English translation we have in the NRSV doesn't lend itself to uh, flowing off the tongue, if you will, right? Man, not off mine, that's for sure. <laughs> um, the parallels between this passage and the Thessalonians passage we read last week are striking, and we can talk about those more because I think you also wanted to uh, at least throw the Luke passage out there that, uh, that gets us headed down the Advent path, is that right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think that uh, we'll spend a lot of time uh, with it necessarily uh, on Sunday morning, uh, but we can we can read it real quick right now, uh, if that makes sense. The start of it also won't trip easily off the tongue, but uh, let's give it a, let's give it a shot. Uh, Luke chapter three verses one through six. Uh, uh, the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to ten words of this are going to be real familiar to people. And then there's going to be a sentence and a half to two sentences that people are like, I've never heard that before. That's not in there. And then at the end, it'll get real familiar again. Uh, I'm just guessing, right? <clears throat> in the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene. Uh, during the high priesthood of Annas and Sophias, Caiaphas. The word, yeah, that one. 
the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Mm. There ends that reading as well. So, uh, Greg, what do you think that I should have? Uh, well, I, I mentioned when you finished the Philippians passage that the tie-ins to uh, the Thessalonians passage I read last week, and it's, they're, they're quite striking. Oftentimes, the introduction to Paul's letters uh, are, are very similar, but the passage we read last week from Thessalonians was actually in, in the third chapter. Um, and it's, it's really, I mean, there, there's almost some, I don't know if he was copying his own work, because uh, he starts that passage 3.9, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? And here we have him writing, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. I mean, it's just just striking, right? Um, and yeah, and it goes on and it, it, there's just a ton, a ton of parallels between the two passages. Um, and it's interesting, these two passages are selected for the first two Sundays of the season of Advent. And we don't spend a lot of time on them as the church because we generally zoom in either on the Old Testament prophecies that we read the messianic prophecy of Jesus into those, or we spend time on the actual Advent story like we just read from Luke. Um, and we do that every year. And we overlook these, um, these epistles but there's some, there's some wisdom in them, and they do tie in, in some sense, to Advent. Um, these disciples and uh, followers of Jesus are, are waiting for Christ's return. They're waiting in hopeful anticipation that Christ will come back. And so there's still uh, certainly an Advent message in here. But it, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed exploring these, uh, these last two weeks and hopefully will for the rest of the season of Advent this year. What do you think? <laughs> I, I don't know uh, what to think. <clears throat> Paul's, uh, Paul's uh, never really been my guy um, so much. I don't find as much uh, meat on the bones in Paul as I do in other places. Um, uh, there's, uh, there, there's this sense of... Um, there is, like in this passage and in the Luke passage, there's this sense of joy or this sense of anticipated joy, right? Um, to have being known by the community um, and knowing the community and and knowing the community in their like, in their devotion to the gospel, uh, which just means good news, right? Um, and and and, and there's this sort of reminiscence kind of feel um, <laughs> to it that, oh, boy, man, when I was with you all, like, we were, we were doing it. We were in it and boy, that was great. And I, I liked that a lot. Um, and so there's, 
it's interesting that the joy to me comes in large part from being connected to the community in some way, right? I would call it affection. Um, I think Paul writes beautifully of his affection for these communities and, and how those bring him joy. Um, and so I think there's, there's joy in that. Um, and then of course the joy in, yeah, re- reminiscing or reflecting on, uh, how, how things went well at the start of the church, even though in this case, Paul is writing from a prison cell and the fact that he maintains both his affection and his joy from a prison cell, I think says something as well to us. Um, and in the season of Advent and particularly this year and last year, um, hopefully most of us aren't listening to this uh, Monday check-in podcast from prison, but we are, we are listening from a, a form of bondage that we've been under for a couple of years. And so um, I think we have lessons to learn from Paul, um, both his affection for his community, which he's not with, and we've been separated from our community, um, as well as his joy in, in that community uh, mm-hmm. and his joy in, in, thinking about the times that they effectively shared the good news, uh, to, to the world. I, there's, there's some, I think there's some rich stuff there. Yeah. And if, if anybody has, um, read ahead in the Advent devotional, uh, Kylie wrote a reflection on this passage for next week, um, in the devotional. And she also picks up on this, um, tension, I suppose, or, potential tension between, um, you know, Paul sort of suffering for the faith, Paul being um, imprisoned, um, and at the same time, which you wouldn't think is a fun place to be, you know, uh, especially in the ancient world. Um, I don't think it's a fun place to be now. Don't don't mishear me. (laughs) Um, But and this joy, right? And, and she writes in her, and still experiencing this joy, and she writes in her reflection about the desire to, to be able to know joy and to find joy in our own lives and in the world around us. When everything, well, not everything, but a lot of things do seem to be kind of uh, in a state of disarray at the very least, right? Um, whether we're experiencing like tension in our own families, whether we're looking out at the world and seeing people who are hungry, uh, people who are living on the street, people who are uh, wrestling with uh, disease or illness or, you, you know, whatever the case may be, um, and, and reflects on sometimes how, how really truly difficult it is to, to know joy in the midst of our, our muddy lives, I suppose. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the challenges that I, or some one of the things that I kind of wrestle with just in general about Advent or the way that we tend to do Advent um, and this sort of season that everything is sort of presented as perfect all the time. Um, you're going to have the perfect family dinner. You're going to, you're going to get the perfect gift. You're going to give the perfect gift. Um, you get every worship service is going to be the most glorious worship service. Um, 
and to me, there's just there's a disconnect between that and and my lived reality sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I um, I actually wrote a piece over the summer uh, and concluded it with this idea that we're able to simultaneously uh, hold both sorrow and joy, um, and humans are complex creatures and I think it is important that we're able to do that um, recognize that we do that and and live in joy uh, even as we may also be experiencing sorrow mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there's yeah and I and I think also I, I mean Paul I can't quite pick it out right now the verse um, it's right for me to think of to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart uh, for all of you sharing God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, right? That, um, like Paul, rec Paul recognizes that he, and sort of admits to like, I experienced this sorrow of imprisonment <laughs> and the hardship of imprisonment, and I experienced the, the joy of the confirmation of the gospel. <laughs> uh, you know the the truth of of the good news. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, yeah. And then we get this bit from Luke. That's uh, you know a misquote of the prophet Isaiah, <laughs> you know, which we may or may not go into <laughs> on Sunday well, morning. But maybe not misquote. It's a reinterpretation of the prophet Isaiah. Right? Yeah. But it, but it contains this, this, it's this longing for joy, right? And this anticipated arrival of joy, right? And in the original context, it has to do with exile and being able to return home from exile and the paths in the wilderness, like the hills literally being made low so that it, you got a straight shot home. Like, yeah. uh, and the wind is at your back. Like you're not even gonna have to fight the wind uh, on the way there. Um, and, and, and then it gets sort of uh, reinterpreted as often happens during this time of year um, to connect to Jesus and to think of, of Jesus arrival as, as a, as a type of a, a path being made straight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit last week and it didn't come up in my sermon. I actually did at the eight thirty service because I had a little more time there, but um, just the, the, you, you brought this up, how, these Old Testament prophecies uh, have meaning in their own particular time and context. Uh, and then we read our own meaning into them as followers of Jesus Christ that, hey, perhaps these prophecies had something to do with Jesus Christ and his coming as the Messiah. And it doesn't dilute or minimize. In fact, it enhances our understanding of these prophecies if we do give them their due in their own time and context and place, even as we potentially read the messianic prophecy into them as well. And that worked really beautifully with the Jeremiah passage last week. And then it, I think it works well with, uh, with John the baptizer quoting uh, the prophet Isaiah this week. And um, I, I like the emphasis on that Damon. I think that's a, that's a valuable emphasis. And I'm glad you brought that up last week. And I'll probably remind us of it each week in Advent, whether it's in the sermon or not, at least uh, during this part, because 
so often we just uh, immediately associate these Old Testament prophecies with the coming of the Christ. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but we should also associate them with their particular time and place. Getting back to the question of particularity that we opened with this morning. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even like the start of that passage is also an overly elaborate uh, effort, it seems to me, to uh, connect it to a particular time and place, right? That we get right. um, this list of rulers and leaders and, and where they were and that sort of thing, right? Um, as, as we're talking, uh, so we got John the Baptist. Uh, showing up, uh, proclaiming a baptism for the re, uh, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, right? And and I'm starting to see in that uh, of repentance for the forgiveness of sins a connection to this idea of holding um, sorrow and joy at the same time. Uh, we have a visitor in the office, so Greg uh, has to go and check on that person to see if they're all right. Oh, uh, but I'm going to keep talking, right? So I, I see this a connection between repentance and sorrow or grief, right? We repent the things that we are sorry for doing, that we mourn, or the actions that we regret taking, and for the forgiveness of sins. It's a, and the joy contained uh, within the forgiveness of sins. So that, to me, the very thing that John is proclaiming and trying to encourage his followers to adopt for themselves this practice of seeking, well, confessing, and then seeking forgiveness and then receiving that forgiveness, right? Uh, repentance literally means to turn and go in a, in a new direction, in a different path. Um, so John is asking and seeking and imploring those who would be his followers, right, um, to, to acknowledge the sorrow of their poor choices, their bad actions, and then receive the joy uh, of the forgiveness of sins by the grace of God. So, so I'm seeing this connection, uh, Greg, I was just telling the people, uh, between repentance and uh, forgiveness and sorrow and joy. I like it. Right. And, and holding those things and experiencing them uh, kind of all in one movement, I suppose. Yeah. You did a really nice job vamping while I was uh, answering the door. So well yeah. done. Damon. Yeah. I but almost, I do, I, I do think that's, I, I like that juxtaposition sort of the sorrow, joy, repentance, forgiveness thing. I think there's, you could tease that out and it would make a really cool sermon. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that there's something here that we'll preach. I'm glad to hear you sure. say that. Yeah. So I almost revealed to our listeners uh, who our visitor in the office was, but I chose not to. So mm. they can guess. It'll be a fun guessing game for our, I think, 48 subscribers. Now we're so close to 50. If we can get a hundred, then we're able to do a. Um personalized YouTube address. Like we could do youtube.com slash FPC Hastings. So if you're listening and you have friends who you think might benefit from being subscribers to our YouTube channel, encourage them to subscribe. Once we hit a hundred, it's magic. Oh, 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 it's magic. Uh, should we switch gears? 
let's um but let's 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 leave a hint for who the visitor of the office was so we don't want to leave people totally hanging this person will help arrange the poinsettias in the front of the church when they arrive that was one of the questions i asked this person <laughs> you asked them will you help arrange the poinsettias when they uh -huh. are? <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, and the we'll person affirmed that in fact they will because they have done this in past years and done a very nice job of it. So, oh, okay. when the front of the church is beautifully decorated with a sea of poinsettias, you know that this visitor to our office today has some bears some responsibility for that. So they have a history of doing this. There's, mm -hmm. there's, there you go. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, that'll we'll see if we get any guesses. We might have to actually look and see if anybody leaves any comments this week. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, announcements. What, what's going on? What should we be aware of? Well, uh, we are cruising into the season of Advent. This Sunday, uh, we will have our 8.30 informal service, followed by our 10.30 traditional service. And uh, we have special musical guests at the 10.30 traditional service, the Hastings College Choir. Um, and I've been told that I have to use the definite article when I talk about the Hastings College Choir, kind of like the Ohio State. Uh, and so we're delighted that they're going to be joining us and helping lead worship for us on Sunday. Uh, and then after that, at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, uh, there will be a Hastings College Choir, uh, well, Hastings Music Department Christmas concert, which is a service of lessons and carols. So we hope that you can join us uh, both for worship on Sunday and also at three o'clock uh, to hear the Hastings Music Department offer their Christmas concert. We're pretty excited about that. So uh, that's what's going on with worship. What's going on with Christian Ed, Damon? Uh, Christian Ed, uh, Wednesday night and Sunday school return this week. Uh, so we'll be back in action on Wednesday night after taking a break for Thanksgiving and uh, same on Sunday morning as well. Uh, in addition to that, Lindsay Kluber is going to return uh, to the forum series that we have going on right now uh, called Creating Hope. And uh, Lindsay has... Uh, uh, Hastings College alum did uh, internship uh, while she was at Hastings College here at First Pres. Went on to uh, seminary with a focus on arts and theology. So she is taking kind of a, an artistic uh, approach to Advent and to and using that as a way of sort of exploring some of the themes of Advent. Um, last week she kind of focused on more of an art history sort of a thing. Uh, this week she's going to start. Uh, you know, moving towards uh, what does it look like to maybe generate uh, some art for ourselves uh, during the season of Advent, or how might we be able to use artistic practices uh, to explore our own spirituality during the season of Advent. So uh, folks are curious about that, do please uh, stop by the Lydia room uh, Sunday morning at 9.15. Uh, we will record it again. We had a recording mishap last week uh, and we ended up without audio <laughs> uh, from, the, from the conversation. But all reports from the room are that it was an excellent conversation, a really interesting dialogue. You don't have to have been part of that to be part of uh, what's coming this week. It's, it's, it's hop in, it's hop out. Uh, it's uh, user-friendly. I suppose, as it were. So, uh, and that's uh, that's what's going on, I think, uh, in terms of enrichment stuff right now. Yeah. Um, 
And then we'll just remind you again to pick up your devotional guide. Damon, you want to close us with a prayer from the devotional guide this week so we can uh, keep folks focused? Yep, I would be happy to do that. So I'm going to read a prayer that's actually from next week uh, because it ties in with sort of some of the the scripture and sort of the things that we're talking about. Um, This is a prayer written by uh, Rose Kep, who is uh, relatively new to the position of uh, Christian director of Christian education here at the church. So uh, let's join together in prayer. God, sometimes I feel discontented and discouraged because I'm not happy all the time. However, the words of Paul remind me that the goal in life is not to find happiness, but to produce a harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of you. You knew that there would be pain and suffering, heartache and loss, yet you have allowed us to walk through this life. You came to earth in human form and died a painful death so that we may know grace and find joy in the knowledge that our sins are forgiven and we are restored. This walk of life may seem to be drudgery at times, but when life has me down, I pray that you will help me to remember your incredible gift of grace, which brings joy to my soul. Amen. Amen. Then, with all of those things said and done, toodaloo. I forgot to say until next time. I usually say until next time, toodaloo, don't I? You do, until Ah, next week. Toodaloo. Take, uh, Take two. Until next time, toodaloo.